Hello, Gap Year Universe. I'm Julia Rogers. And I'm Margot Brookfield. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you inspiration and information to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. Today, we're going to take a walk on the wild side. Sorry, I couldn't help myself, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> it is on the wild side. This episode is absolutely a wilderness-based kind of wilds of Africa sort of episode. Definitely. We are featuring Jacqueline, who volunteered with Oyster Worldwide. Now, Oyster is a volunteer, and they also do, they also link up with courses and tours. They have a bunch of different offerings for Gap Year students, and they're actually based in the UK. All of their staff members have charming British accents, and they can help facilitate experiences all over the world. But today, Jacqueline is going to tell us all about her experiences working with wildlife on her Gap Year, which is so popular every I, I, I wouldn't say every student but a lot of students want to have conservation experiences and Margo why don't you tell us a little bit about what you learned from Jacqueline absolutely recording with her was absolutely inspirational for me as well I think just especially having been to South Africa I know you've been there as well Julia recently and it is just such a special place and the savannas yeah. of South Africa just absolutely steal your heart in a way that's hard to really describe and Jacqueline did such a wonderful job of putting that into words and it describing to us how incredible and diverse and important that ecosystem is. So she had studied pre-veterinary track during her undergrad and was totally on that path for her career and did a post-college gap year and found Oyster and ended up doing a veterinary program with them for three months in South Africa. And during that time kind of came to the realization that this actually wasn't exactly where she wanted to be within this field, which is exactly what, you know, the purpose of a gap year can serve is to kind of try something out and figure it out if it actually is what you want to do before heading too deeply down that career path. So she ended up coming back and working for a while, went back and did a game ranger program, which she will tell us much more about. I don't want to give away too much, but ended up deciding that being a park ranger and safari guide was more in the path. And just the experiences that she was able to have through this program and through the partners that they had in South Africa just sounds absolutely inspiring. And I will not give away too much more than that, but Jacqueline has a lot of fantastic insights and experiences through that program. I can't wait to hear all about it. I can't wait to relive my experience in South Africa through her eyes and through my own ears. So let's get started. All right, good morning, Jacqueline, and welcome to the pod. We appreciate you joining us today. Good morning, Margo. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. All right. So just a little background. So Jacqueline participated in Oyster Worldwide for two separate programs, it sounds like, during a gap year, although it sounds like it was a bit of an alternative gap year. And it's, from my understanding, Oyster provides volunteer opportunities, paid work experiences, courses and internships abroad that could be utilized more like a gap year experience or career break and volunteering break programs. And so I guess, Jacqueline, tell us a little bit maybe about how you ended up deciding to take time, you know, after school, it sounds like it was after your undergraduate, and how you ended up finding Oyster. Yeah, so ever since I was a child, I knew I 
was going to do something involving working with animals, saving animals, and we kind of always think of, okay, I'll be a veterinarian. So this is the track that I pursued once I got out of high school. And so I got my undergraduate degree in pre-veterinary medicine and animal biosciences. And I was all ready to rock, ready to go to vet school, but I wanted to get a little bit of experience shadowing an exotic vet because I had worked on a farm, I had worked with cats and dogs, and I worked in a zoo. And when I was in the zoo, that was kind of where I felt the most passionate about what I was doing. So I did a little research online and I stumbled upon uh, one of Oyster's programs that allows you to shadow a wildlife veterinarian in South Africa. And it was just so perfect. So I booked it and when I went, it was amazing and everything I dreamed of until the moment where I actually shadowed the vet. And it was, it was actually incredible. We were treating a pregnant zebra who had been attacked by a lion and she was, she ended up surviving and the baby was delivered and perfectly healthy too. It's actually a beautiful story. But as we're working on the vet, uh, working on the the zebra with the vet and the other vet students they're all completely in awe as he's you know doing his procedure and I just felt not I don't want to say nothing but not the way I expected to feel not the way I really thought I had felt the passion that I had felt for for you know animals that I thought I felt for being a vet and it just kind of rocked my world because what I had thought I wanted my whole life, I kind of realized, okay, maybe this is not exactly it. You know, it feels right when I'm here, but not exactly in this veterinary moment. So I really took a step back there and sort of reevaluated, okay, so what is it about working with animals that I feel like is my calling? And then I, I visited an elephant sanctuary and I, it's a whole nother story, but I ended up just crying the entire time. I had this overwhelming sensation being around these animals and studying these animals in their natural habitat. And that's when I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to study these animals. I want to live with them right in the heart of their ecosystem where everything from the rocks, the birds, the insects, the, the climate, everything is exactly as Mother Nature intended it, really getting that, that full picture. You don't really get that from a zoo or anything like that. So that's what sent me back the second time, again through Oyster, to do the Game Ranger course where um, it was an eight-week program and that was where I studied to be a safari guide and that basically just totally kick-started my, my, my career path that I'm on right now which is to to observe and study and, and teach and educate about animals and, um, and their environment. That is an incredible story and I think what is so valuable about taking gap time no matter when it is or, or time in your life to actually try hands-on what you think you want to do and see whether or not it's a fit. So I guess I'm curious when you were doing your undergrad studies which were in it sounds like you know pre-veterinary medicine and things did you not have any of those same hands-on experiences or did you not have the opportunity to shadow in a veterinary clinic or you know how I guess yeah had you had any experiences before that might have been able to inform that this maybe wasn't your path? 
Yeah, well, so I guess I, I thought I did, but I didn't really realize. So, for example, I was shadowing a domestic veterinarian, just cats and dogs, um, in this facility that I eventually ended up working as a vet assistant after I graduated. And I loved it. And this was a little bit of... Um, uh, I guess it kind of warped my perception of what I thought being a veterinarian would be like because vet assistants actually as well work much more with the animals than the veterinarian. So it was kind of like the thing I realized when I was in South Africa, working with the animals, you, you know, you, you sedate the animal and then you're allowed to, you know, it's amazing. You can touch the manes of the lion, whatever you can, you can do whatever with the animal and that's that's pretty pretty cool get up and close but it's not studying the way they are naturally and taking that back to working in the the animal hospital with the cats and dogs working as a vet assistant you are working every day all day with these cats and dogs kind of maintaining their well-being and then when it comes to morning checks or if something we find an abnormality or something like that then we would report that to the veterinarian and it wasn't really clicking for me that as much as I'm like oh I love this I'm in the vet world I must want to be a vet it wasn't really clicking for me that the vets aren't the ones that are studying the animals they work at that they work with them when the time comes but because they're handling more of um, bigger situations more emergencies obviously the surgeries things like this the technical sort of side they're not necessarily spending that quality time observing the animal and I just didn't really realize that because I was just in the world and I was enjoying it not really noticing the difference between my role and the veterinarian and then while I was studying actually my my undergraduate degree uh, the school that I went to was University of Delaware. It was awesome. The pre-vet program was amazing because we had a farm on campus. So it was a lot of hands-on work with the animals there, the farm animals there. And I enjoyed that. But like I said, my degree is pre-veterinary. It's a pre-veterinary track, but the degree is animal biosciences. So it was a lot of studying animals, not necessarily from... Uh, veterinary perspective in, in, in a lot of instances it was but not every instance so it was still things that I love I knew I wanted to be in the world of animals but you're right it's it's like you said you don't really know until you actually get out in the field and are side by side with whatever professional that you know you're aspiring to to, to be like so that that really clicked for me when I went to Africa because that was it wasn't vet assisting it was just me side by side with the vet and I realized uh oh I, I don't think this is exactly what I want and you know if I hadn't have done that I would be probably in my second third year of vet school right now and um not exactly doing what I thought I wanted to do so I'm very grateful that I found Oyster Wow. I mean, that is such an interesting difference between the veterinary assistant versus the vet, which I would not have known personally. And I think it's hard to know and exactly until you're actually in those shoes and experiencing it yourself to see, does this fit? Is this what I want to do? And, and how interesting that you thought it was based on the position you were kind of shadowing and interning in 
prior as the vet assistant. But I would love to hear a little bit more, I guess, about when you found Oyster, you know, what drew you to that program and their specific placement for the initial one you did in South Africa? What drew you to that versus other programs? And then what was that actually like on the ground for you? Like, were you with a cohort from Oyster or is the program in South Africa there? Are they just partners that are, are they, you know, Oyster organizations or is it a third party sort of thing that partners with Oyster? Yeah, I would just love to hear a little bit more about how that structure works out. Sure, yeah. So once I graduated from college, I realized I wanted to do something extraordinary. The next step was going to be something big. And I had seen, I have an older brother who is somebody who really lives life to his fullest. He spent a lot of time studying in Europe and then moved actually to the West Coast and is living there now. So kind of seeing the way he's really trying to get the most out of life, I was like, okay, now it's time to do something extraordinary. So I did a lot of research online, just looking through different programs, and I wanted something that would really throw me into the world that I, I, I thought I wanted to be in. And that that was the Oyster program. So basically, um, Oyster sent me, the Oyster was the agency who sent me to Kuantu Private Game Reserve, which is a reserve in South Africa, about an hour north of Port Elizabeth. Um, it's near the, the southern coast. And... It was incredible. We were living right on the game reserve. I was just maybe a hundred feet from the fence of the reserve. Every night you'd go to bed to lions roaring. You wake up in the morning to monkeys dancing on the roof and was just surrounded by not only such beautiful wildlife, but also um, so many different people from all around the world. Now, there were a bunch of other volunteers there who had been sent through Oyster as well, but for the most part, um, I was the only veterinary student. Seemed that most people were there to do the Big Five conservation program, which was also amazing, um, basically helping to maintain the, the reserve, the facilities, and helping to monitor the animals. And a lot of people were there through other agencies as well. So Kuantu basically hosts different um, volunteers and and interns and students, depending on what your interest is. And um, like I said, from all over the world. So that in itself was a whole nother aspect that I didn't even realize I was getting myself into. And now after having gone i made these lifelong friends that i've i've visited all all around the world already since i went back the second time so um it's it's a really incredible experience that brings in a lot of different kinds of people from all over the world wow that's really interesting model i guess and so cool that you were able to connect with different people who were maybe there through a different avenue but doing the same thing that you were doing that sounds just spectacular and so that was for the first section and then yeah i'm curious like how long was it in between your two stints in south africa and and when you went back were you at the same place yeah, I was. So while I was there, uh, what happened was once I started realizing, okay, maybe I don't want to be a vet. Uh, I know this is the world I want to be in, but where exactly do I fit? That was the question that was now on my mind. And 
I kind of, I began spending a lot more time. Actually, Quantu was amazing. The volunteer coordinator there really, really worked with me because um, I, I expressed to her how I was feeling and she really helped tailor my program more towards finding what it is that, you know, ignites my passion, which I'm so grateful for. So I ended up shadowing more of the vet assistant and spending a little bit more time out in the reserve studying the animals and then reporting things back to the veterinarian. Then um, about, so I was there three months total that first time and around, somewhere around the third month, the game ranger program began and i had a couple of friends there who i met who were there to take the game ranger course and in seeing what they were studying i started to get interested and i spoke with the professor there the the instructor of the course and he allowed me to shadow the course so I purchased all the textbooks and I kind of went along with them, uh, you know, in the in the truck while they were out on safari practicing guiding and just to get a, a taste of what that sort of was like. And I, I fell in love with it. And the instructor was just absolutely brilliant. And I really wanted to jump on the opportunity to have him teach me everything that he knew. So that was when I realized basically at the very end, I was like, okay, you know what? I want to come back here and I want to take this course. I want to get certified as a safari guide. So that's what I did. I, I went home. Um, now this was actually sometime around this time last year. I got home around mid-May and then I just started working, um, just saving up to get back there and studying because like I said I had the books from the first time when I shadowed so it really gave me a leg up once I went back so that was last October it was about maybe four months before I went back again which I was very fortunate to be able to do I did not expect to be able to meet that deadline and so I went back for October because that was when the next course started and that was an eight-week program. I ended up staying for three months total again because now that I had this relationship with the boss since having been there, he actually let me stay on to intern for a little bit longer just to get a little bit more um, guiding experience. So that's what brought me back there. Once I had seen you know, my, my friends who had taken the course initially, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm sold. I'm coming back. And then I went back again through Oyster, my same agent. She was amazing, helped me through everything again. And, and so, yeah, I was back within a couple of months studying again. Wow, that is really inspirational, I think, to be able to narrow down in such a short time what strikes a chord for you and lights your fire more so to be able to then go back and really pursue that. And having been to game parks in South Africa myself, actually on one of my study abroads, it's just a truly magical place. And so I, I'm sure that that also called to you in some sense. So how was the Game Ranger course? Like, what was your day-to-day -day like? And yeah, what it, what was that experience like? Sure. So the you're absolutely right, first and foremost. It just feels like heaven out there. There's something about being in the middle of the wilderness in the way that Mother Nature intended it to be. 
you feel in sync. You feel yourself in tune with that. Like, oh, this is what being on Earth is supposed to feel like. It really, it really is magical. It's, it's the best word to describe it. Yeah. It's incredible. And um, so yes. that was that was life. Every day we we would wake up. It was a pretty early day. We would start with breakfast. Everybody would meet. That was the students, the volunteers, the interns, everybody. And then usually it would begin with our instructor taking us out on safari. And he it began with him sort of telling us like the way that he expected a safari guide to be. You know, he would just sort of um, model what the ideal safari guide would be and telling us oh when you you know when you see this termite mound here with that's a little smoother than the rest link back to when you saw the elephants mud wallowing because now they're scraping the dried up exoparasites that you know that were suffocated by the mud off you know it's, it's all about like linking or different things like that where he was like okay remember when you see this you're going to want to do this and when you hear that your one of your guests has a special interest in birds make sure you put heavy emphasis on the birds or when you see you know just just different things about how to know how to conduct because it, it's not just oh, there's an elephant, here's all the facts I know about the elephant. Like, no, it's really more of you're telling a story. You are guiding your guests on this journey through the African bush and sharing your knowledge with them in a way that's going to be relevant to them so that things stick with them. And that's not just regurgitating facts. That's that's really sharing the story of the African bush with them. So it was so much of not only just learning about the facts and learning about the animals and it was also knowing what to look for for the specific guest or even just in the setting knowing when it's time to speak and educate and when it's time to let the environment do the talking for you let the animals interact and let that speak for itself sometimes because that magic that we were talking about earlier that's it's so vibrant it's so beautiful you you really you feel that and and there's some moments that you just you can't even talk about you just you just have to sit and watch and and think about and and be a part of and just be there with them so it was it was really everything it was everything from the science the 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 biology to the the proper etiquette of course with how to handle the animals the safety precautions knowing when to keep well, always when to keep your distance but really making sure that we enforce there's a lot of you know rules with guiding like one of the main ones is we are here to observe the animals in their natural habitat and not observe how they respond to us being there so it's a lot of different ways like that where we are learning how to fit into their world in a way that does not disrupt them, but allows them to express themselves naturally so we can best study them. So there, there's so much to it. And, and you, you do learn everything, like I was saying earlier, everything from, you know, the rocks that the animals are sitting on to that, that 
conducts what kind of soil is going to be there, which determines what kind of plants which can grow there, which determines everything else after that. The insects, the the birds, the you know reptiles, and then the next level of the food chain. So it's really every little aspect is important and it is it is there because it's meant to be there because it fits into that ecosystem like mother nature is very perfect and the more you study the the minute details the more you realize that and that was really you know the the course involved so much i i i can say i've never learned so much in my entire life and that's that's not you know i'm not just blown smoke i i like i said i have a four-year degree in animal biosciences but never have i had a course that was so loaded and just comprehensive and the, even the, the library we had there was um it would the quantu had a library right on campus and going in there and just studying the books about the animals it's different when you're just in a classroom in a city or something and you're reading about something and you have to imagine it in your head than when you're actually out in the field and reading something and comparing it to what you just saw that day or what you know you'll see tomorrow it creates this whole other sort of aspect of relevance that makes things stick in your head. I just, I, I can't, I can't express more how I have never learned this much in my life. It was an incredible experience. Well, that's like ultimate experiential learning, right? Because you can read about all that stuff in a textbook from a classroom in the U.S. and that's all fine and dandy. But until you're there with your hands in it, seeing it live, immersing yourself in it fully, you can't really grasp what that all means. And honestly, Jacqueline got some goosebumps hearing you just talk about, you know, the purpose and the natural beauty of that place. Because like I said, having been there, it just completely enraptures you and makes you fall in love with it in a way that feels bigger than yourself, right? Because it's just this incredible vast, open savanna with some of the most unique and spectacular wildlife you've ever witnessed in your life or could even dream up. And so, I mean, how cool that you were able to live and breathe that every day for three months. I envy you. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, I, I was constantly like, okay, I need to pinch myself. This is real life right now. Like, Soak this in. This isn't going to be the office every day. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm curious, after finishing that course, obviously you came back to the States. It sounds like you're here now. And so finishing it, did you have any desire to then become a park ranger? Or what is it exactly that you're pursuing now? And how did that experience inform what you're doing? Yeah, so as of right now... I am really taking life and my career path one step at a time because, you know, having been so passionate about being a veterinarian and that was, that was the plan. That was the scope. That's what I saw in my future. And I almost had the side blinders on to everything else. I, I realized what a, mis what a mistake that was. So at this point, um, I'm really just trying to take it one step at a time and follow things that i feel passionate about and just sort of building my what I like to call is my life's tool belt so right now the skill that I'm adding to my life's tool belt is being a safari guide and the, the plan so the long-term plan maybe when I'm 40 or 50 is to have my own private game reserve where I have purchased a piece of land that I am protecting and I am watching over and I'm maintaining the ecosystem but 
I don't want to do this if someone offered to hand me a game reserve tomorrow. I wouldn't take it because I'm not ready. I want to do this right. So right now, this this step that I'm in is basically mastering Safari Guide step and um, sort of diving as deep into this world that I've discovered as possible, mastering that and then eventually moving on. But for the moment, um, I've realized that there's no better way to learn about these animals than spending every single day with them, just talking about them, telling them about people, raising awareness. And so once I left South Africa, well, obviously I never wanted to leave, but when I had to leave, I immediately started um, trying to get a job as a safari guide and I was applying, I must have applied to a hundred different reserves by now. And the biggest problem that I was having was um, difficulty getting a visa. Basically with my lack of experience working as a safari guide, it's really difficult to prove that I'm I'm worthy of of somebody going through the visa process that I'm that I'm worthy of you know out competing with a South African candidate who's been living there and working as a safari guide for a couple of years so that's a bit of the difficulty I'm facing now so what I've decided is that I I need to make myself more qualified that increase my qualifications so my next step actually I'm leaving I'll be on a plane back to South Africa a week from today and I'll be taking two courses to get five more certifications just to really dig deeper and and just learn every bit that I can just soak up every bit that I can about this world because it's it's a beautiful one this South African bush is just there's so much to know and I just, I want, I want to really soak it up. Wow. That was actually going to be my next question was, you know, if you had intentions of going back, but you're heading back soon, how long will you be there this time? Uh, three months again. And so were you applying as a, as a park ranger just in parks in South Africa or were you looking at other parts of the continent as well? I was just looking in South Africa mostly because I, I don't want to spread myself too thin in terms of, yeah, in terms of what I've learned and what I will be learning, um, having, you know, loaded my brain up in those three months of uh, all, all different aspects of South Africa's wildlife, I really wanted to put that in practice and continue to brush up on that to truly master it before I... I try out another area and start learning a lot more because even just the particular birds of an area, there's so much to know um, in terms of identifying them and knowing their calls and knowing when you hear a certain call of a certain bird, what mammals you might expect to be around. There's just a lot to know about a specific place before moving on somewhere else. So that's why I've chosen to go back to South Africa. Well, I wonder, I, I would imagine that some of those specifications even might vary within South Africa. I mean, it's such a vast place with so many different types of ecosystems. Absolutely. 
Oh my gosh, incredible. Well, I am envious that you are heading out to South Africa next week and what an incredible adventure you've had there thus far and just excited to hopefully hear maybe we can get some updates here at Gap Your Radio just as far as where you end up and how that next experience goes and you know, best of luck to you. I hope that you're able to acquire a new certification and hopefully get a job down there. Thank you so much. That's that's a dream. And I'm going to keep pushing until I get it because I, I have to follow that feeling. Oh, it's, it's such a fire. That place is it's heaven. Absolutely. Well, okay. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod today, Jacqueline. It has been such a pleasure hearing from you. So for the listeners out there, you can find Oyster Worldwide at Oyster Worldwide on Instagram or at www.oysterworldwide.com. As always, you can find us here at Gap Year Radio on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can email us your Gap Year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com. And you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can discover Gap Year Radio. And we are trying to sign off every podcast in a foreign language. So obviously Afrikaans comes top of mind, but is there any other languages that you might want to say to the listeners, you know, thanks for listening or thank you and goodbye? I don't know how to say either, but I know how to say in Kosa, I love you. And I think that that's very um, relevant because... I think that we should all just try to spread as much love as we can. So without further ado, Endia Akutanda. Endia Akutanda. Was that right? Yes, you got it. Awesome. I learned a little bit of Kosa when I was there. That's a clicking language, right? Yes, exactly. Amazing. Wonderful, Jacqueline. Well, thanks again for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Margo. It was such a pleasure. 